Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show provides content curation as a service with a focus on the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, and each episode is either a curated summary of what I've discovered in the past week or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 167. I'm going to start off with security news and a really interesting description of what cyber war might look like. We've all heard people talk about cyber war and like, you know, it could be this and take countries offline or whatever, but I, there's this really cool description that I want to read a little bit of. So, um, so here's, here's a piece of it. It's from um, Mark Kansian or Kansian. Uh, and it's, it's fairly long, but I'll just read a couple little pieces of it. Um, so sailors stationed at the seventh fleet, and this is fiction, by the way, seventh fleet's home port in Japan awoke one day to find their financial accounts and those of their dependents empty, checking, savings, retirement funds, simply gone. And the Marines based in Okinawa were under virtual siege by the populace whose simmering resentment at their presence had boiled over after a YouTube video posted under the account of a Marine stationed there had gone viral. Video featured a dozen Marines drunkenly attacking two teenaged Okinawan girls. The actual text was more uh, illicit than that. Um, the video was vivid, the girls' cries heart-wrenching, the cheers of the Marines sickening, and all of it was fake. The National Security Agency's initial analysis of the video had uncovered digital footprints showing that it was computer-assisted lie and could prove that the Marine's account under which it had been posted was hacked, but the damage had been done. Then there was Commanding Officer Edwards, um, or the Commanding Officer of Edwards Air Force Base, whose internet browser history had been posted on the squadron's Facebook page. His command turned on him because they thought he was a pervert. Um, soldiers at Fort Sill were at each other each other's throats thanks to a series of text messages that allegedly unearthed an adultery ring on base. The variations elsewhere were endless. Marines suddenly owed hundreds of thousands of dollars on credit lines they'd never opened. Sailors received death threats on their Twitter feeds. Spouses and female service members had private pictures of them plastered across the internet. Older service members received notifications about cancerous conditions discovered in their latest physical. And leadership was not exempt. Under the hashtag, uh, PACCOMMUSTGO, a dozen women allegedly described harassment by the commander of the Pacific Command, and they demanded a zero-tolerance policy. There was not an American service member or dependent whose life had not been digitally turned upside down. In the response, the secretary declared an operational pause, directing units to stand down until things were sorted out. Then China made its move, flooding the South China Sea with its conventional forces, enforcing a sea and air identification zone there and blockading Taiwan. 
but the secretary could only respond weekly with a few air patrols and diversions of ships already at sea. Word was coming in through back channels that the Taiwanese government, suddenly stripped of its most ardent defender, was already considering capitulation. Again, that's a little piece of fiction by Mark Kansian. I think this is fantastic. This is a this is how I've always thought about this type of thing where it's a thousand different cuts, you know, a thousand different small things that they combine into something major and it produces just this, this, um, this inaction due to chaos and due to a loss of, um, authority in a lot of cases. And, um, I, I think this is the type of narrative we need to be passing along. So, so when we read all these Internet of Things problems, right? We're like, oh, there's all these botnets because all these routers are broken. Oh, oh, and you know, dumpsters are broken and ice makers and all these little things. And you hear that state actors might be wanting to use these things in the future, especially like power plant stuff, right? They have these back doors into power plants. Maybe they have back, um, you know, malware on the power plant networks, and they could do something. The key point here is that none of these things by themselves would be that devastating. But if, you know, half a dozen or five dozen power plants had glitches and it took down a small area, maybe that cascaded a little bit, but maybe it didn't take down all the power. But at the same time, a few cars crash and the lights go out in these different places, and the military loses some communication, and part of the internet doesn't work, and you can't get to Amazon. And like all these different things happen at the same time. Now the media comes and says, oh my God, we're under attack, and they're shutting down everything. And it's just, people will panic, right? Um, this is something that's a little bit controversial, but if you look at the effect of 9-11 compared to the damage of 9-11, right? Going and getting involved in a couple of wars, you know, I, I think we're something, I mean, so many hundreds of thousands of people have died after the fact. Um, we're something like five or six trillion dollars spent. Um, and of course, the, the actual attack was horrific and we lost so much, but it was the reaction that really cost us even more. So, this, this is the narrative I think people should be using for cyber attack. The idea of many cuts and, an, and a reaction that, that causes paralysis. All right. Um, ring doorbells have a vulnerability that allows one to capture clear text videos and other data from the cameras. If you can get on the wireless network that the camera is using, this is bad obviously, uh, for sure. But once again, I'm confused about the threat model. Who exactly is doing this kind of attack and for what reason? I'm not saying it's not bad or that it shouldn't be fixed. And clearly it should have never made it to the product in the first place, right? But as I did on my post in the on, on smart locks recently, right? Um, I basically said, you know, smart locks aren't that bad because it's much easier to just pick the regular lock. Um, you have to ask yourself what the threat scenarios are. And people who freak out without threat modeling 
are often overrating risks because they're new and just completely devaluing the older risks, which are more obvious. So with the doorbell thing, um, okay, so you could pull some video from the doorbell. The doorbell is the outside of the house, unless I'm missing something, right? The doorbell is the outside of the house. Um, so usually the outside of the house is facing the outside. So you could just like park across the street and watch the house. You could park down the street and watch the house. Um, like, like, and if you want to get in the house, they're like, oh, you could use all these advanced techniques and maybe you could find a way to get in. No, you could just walk up and pick the lock and walk inside if you want. Right. So what type of attacker wasn't able to get in the house before? But now due to this problem with the ring doorbell, now they're able to get in. That's what you need to figure out from threat modeling. An independent security researcher found the Dow Jones watch list database sitting open on the internet. It's basically full of profiles on people that Dow Jones customers should supposedly watch out for, including people that are like high risk, terrorists, etc. And once again, sitting in an open Amazon database. Schneier talks here about how easy it is to influence people in sensitive positions. Uh, similar to my post on China building a database on us. He, he talks about a recent exercise where researchers were able to follow European troop movements. And through like all their different social media, they were get able to know exactly where their battalion was at a given time where it moved to and it was they were able even able to get soldiers to um, leave their posts all through social media manipulation uh, the u.s cyber command disabled the russia's ira um, disruption operations during the 2018 midterm elections it appears that the reason it was so quiet, basically, on the 2018 uh, cyber front or whatever, um, because it is because Cyber Command took aggressive action against against Russia. So they were actually attempting to do quite a bit of stuff, and it got shut down. Um, I'm really happy that happened. It's really strange, though, that this is kind of like the new normal, is that we're just going to be manipulated by these hostile actors and we actually need an active counter counterattack system to to keep it from happening. Trusted Workforce 2.0 is a new security clearance framework designed to address the security clearance backlog of over 550,000 people waiting for investigations to be completed. Next one here, something uh, Jeremiah Grossman and I have been predicting for years now is the the pushing of security technologies by cyber insurance providers. A reader friend of mine just told me that AIG is providing free Bandura appliances to people who have their cyber insurance policies. Um, I think the free offer is like the first version, right? But as pr providers gain confidence and people like really need their, their insurance and everyone has it and they want to have low premiums and providers actually have the option to to charge them incredible premiums, but they must have the insurance. Well, then I think they'll start ratcheting up that recommendation into a requirement 
they basically say, yeah, plug this in, give it access to your data lake with the help of our friendly auditor. He'll make sure, you know, they'll make sure you, uh, you connect it properly and you don't miss any data. Um, oh, and don't worry, that's free too. And we'll tell you in 30 days, what your premium will be because our AI magic sauce will, um, determine how much of a soup sandwich you actually are. So we've been saying for this for years, basically it'll be insurance that discovers security truth first, because they're the ones with the most business need and the most means to make it happen. And sort of the dystopia look at that is security testers, security testing companies. They all become subcontractors for insurance companies in some sort of way, right? And it won't be all obviously, but most I think, um, because it's all about accounting at that point. The insurance will give, insurance companies will give them this, this approved checklist, you know, in insure, secure, whatever. I was going to say insecure, but that wouldn't work out. Uh, insurance secure, you know, version 9.6, and all your security testing companies are, uh, get this, go, go to the training, get the certification for that. And now you're approved to do security assessments for insurance companies. And, uh, assuming they test well enough, then, um, they, they get approved at a certain level of premium based on the size of their company. Now, eventually that'll just be lopped out altogether once the machine learning is good enough and they have enough exposure to data. The problem with that is um, if, if you don't have everything going to a data lake and you know, if you don't have visibility, machine learning doesn't help you that much. So it, the combination of those two is going to turn this into an accounting slash machine learning slash checklist thing, auditor driven, all powered by insurance companies. And if that frightens you, that's only because it's scary. That's, that's why you're frightened. Um, the army wants to give ground combat vehicles, autonomous targeting capabilities. Maybe we should figure out autonomous cars first and doorbell cameras that can't be trivially compromised. I worry about our ideas for autonomous weapons, um, basically moving way too fast for our maturity level in, uh, all the cybers because, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm not sure the government is going to be <clears throat> that much better at securing this stuff than, uh, than regular folks and, uh, regular folks aren't good at it. Uh, the Pentagon is reducing its number of aircraft carriers. from 11 to 10 by retiring the USS Truman 20 years early. The goal is to use the saved money on advanced weapon research. Advisories for this week, Cisco wireless VPN firewall slash router. Um, some drama there with uh, HTTP input giving you full system access. Adobe Cold Fusion, Ring doorbell app, and Windows IoT core devices. Technology news, Microsoft Excel now has a new feature where you could take a picture of a printed 
piece of tabular data, like, like a, uh, like a table in like whatever the wall street journal, and it will parse it into an actual spreadsheet in Excel. And this is in the mobile app. It's completely nuts. It's like some jets and stuff there. Amazon is releasing the option to set a weekly delivery date to help address climate change. That's pretty cool. Less trips to your house. It's all scheduled for one day. Everything just builds up until that day. It's pretty cool. Uh, less boxes, not less, fewer. I just read that book on writing. Fewer boxes. I already knew that, but anyway. Fewer boxes, uh, less gasoline being wasted. So, yeah, nice move by them. China is using face and voice recognition technologies on their pig populations in an attempt to identify disease early enough to make a difference. Yep, doesn't just work on humans, also works on pigs. Although cannibals call humans long pigs. So maybe that's why it works. LinkedIn is rolling out a salary comparison tool to show users where they can make more money. Sounds like an ingenious way to have people tell LinkedIn what they make. Tesla is looking to close most of its stores and has said sell their cars online. And FedEx is about to pilot its autonomous delivery robots. This is the future we knew would happen with like autonomous robots zooming around everywhere. But it's somehow still surprising that it's happening this way with like, you know, the companies you know just have the robots. Anyway. Stupid idea. <clears throat> Human news. Walmart is eliminating greeters. Uh, a study found Roundup, which is like a herbicide, and 95% of the beers and wines they tasted. And it's not really possible to catch up on missed sleep during the week by getting extra sleep on the weekends. Studies continue to show that it takes much longer to fully rest the brain. Mm, water. <clears throat> Looks like Facebook might be getting into the influencer subscription space where people give money to influencers and the platform gets a cut. They're looking to charge 30% as opposed to Patreon's 5%. I would expect Patreon's going to raise that soon. Twitch takes half. YouTube takes like, I forgot, 30% or something like that. I don't know. But 30% uh, won't be so bad if everyone's using it and there's value in the platform. But without those things, it's not going to work anyway. Looks like the campfire, um, you know, the, the giant California fire that happened recently in California was likely caused by PG&E again. And they're already in major financial trouble from like a billion dollar fine from fires in 2017, also in Northern California. So I think they're close to bankruptcy. An interesting analysis on why drugs that work in mice don't always work in humans. Basically, mice have, they're relatively young compared to when humans get diseases, uh, oftentimes. And the mice are actively given like the problems in an artificial way, whereas human developed the problems naturally. So they're saying this could be, you know, a big part of the reason why um, 
Something that works in a mouse might not work in a human. Ideas, trends, and analysis. I uh, wrote a short piece a couple days ago or a day ago, whatever. Uh, the privacy implications of 5G cellular location tracking is about to become a whole lot more precise. Don't really need to read this one. It's uh, fairly straightforward. Um, basically, 5G has a much shorter range and it doesn't penetrate objects well. So it can like be stopped by grass and buildings and trees really, really well uh, compared to 4G. So you basically need tons of small uh, transmitters all over the place. Like most big buildings, especially in the city, will have a transmitter. The thing about it is if you have lots of transmitters all around you going shorter range, uh, one, there are health considerations, obviously. You probably thought that's what I was going to say, but no. If you have all these small transmitters and they all know exactly where they are and they know where they are relative to other locations and you're in the middle of like seven of them or whatever, um, it's super easy to triangulate you. It's going to be probably not as good as GPS, but maybe better than GPS if you're inside a city where GPS is messed up. So um, bottom line is if you have privacy concerns about being able to triangulate your location with 4G or with cellular in general, it's about to get way, way worse with 5G. 5G is going to know really, really where you are, especially because they have this thing called beamforming, which sends, it, it knows where you are. So it sends you a signal as opposed to broadcasting omnidirectionally um, with that same signal. So it, there's lots of different technologies that add up to you losing a lot of privacy. It, it still requires that they have access to your, your location via through the phone provider, which police will have and anyone who hacks the provider will have. So interesting uh, side effect of 5G. Microsoft employees are upset about their company's $480 million HoloLens contract with the army, but their CEO came out and said that they will continue to do contracts with defense companies in the interest of democracy. Is it not exactly what he said, paraphrasing. That matches up with Bezos's comments. It's going to be really interesting to see how much power the collective talent these companies are going to have relative to their company leadership. Who wins when the top workers say they'll leave if we don't stop doing X? And the CEO says we're doing it anyway. I think the answer depends on what those employees' options are elsewhere. It's all game theory, right? If, if Microsoft the only company doing defense contracting. And then a lot of conscientious talent, you know, they would surely leave. But if the top companies that they would jump to are also doing it, there's really no reason to leave. So fundamentally, it's a battle of ideas. When is it okay to supply militaries with better weapons or governments with better surveillance technologies? And how do you walk the line between not stopping a terrorist attack? Because X technology, you know, or X government didn't have the tech to find them versus becoming a partner to oppression in places like Saudi Arabia. That that's the, the, uh, the idea space that we're going to have to map out. Walmart is eliminating greeters. 
talked about a segment ago or mentioned it. Um, never forget that it's not any corporation's responsibility to provide jobs. This like seriously blew my mind. It, I'm embarrassed in how recently I figured this out because I had written some pieces <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever, five, 10 years ago. Maybe it was a 15, I don't know, five, say 10 years ago. And it was like the goal, the role of corporations is to provide good jobs. And I was basically saying that the foundation of a healthy America is for everyone to have a single job, every family to have a single job, to not need another one. So it could be the mom working, could be the father working, doesn't matter. But the whole family could have a, a, a really fulfilling life based on that one salary. And in turn, in turn, it was the responsibility of, you know, the companies that provide jobs to make sure that's possible. So they had to deprioritize their profits to make sure people could get paid. That sounded fine in, in my brain at the time. But after reading, I don't know, probably 500 books since then, uh, I realized that that's not what a business does. A business doesn't come into being and be like, yeah, so how can I improve society by giving people the best jobs possible? Think about a business that doesn't need to hire anyone. It's just a CEO and they build a product and they sell it and it sells like hotcakes, right? And they, they put it online and they sell it. Um, you write the website yourself. It's all auto pay, not auto pay, uh, self-service. And um, you just don't need anyone. What happened to those 25 people that you didn't hire? Think about that. There are 25 people that you didn't hire because you did all the work yourself. Have you done a crime against those 25 people that didn't get a job? The answer is no, because you simply did not need them. Well, what's the difference between that and you having 25 people and you realize that this new AI whiz bang came out and now you don't need the 25 people. Those are identical. Those are identical situations. And that's a, exactly what's happening right now with AI. So the moment it becomes better for a company to fire everyone, that's exactly when they're going to do it. The only reason we've had jobs this long is because companies need humans. That's about to change for tens of millions of people. And if you doubt this, go hang out in a mall somewhere on Saturday. It's a ghost town. For visionary leadership to be effective, the message has to filter down to middle management as well. This is not my piece. Someone else is pretty good. And uh, interesting essay here. This is Silicon Valley. You should uh, read that piece. Discovery. Descript is a word processor for audio. I haven't found a reason to use this thing yet, but I have it open in a tab. And... Um, yeah, it's, uh, it looks pretty cool. Um, it's, it's basically like a, well, you just edit audio the same way you edit text. Um, I really wish I had a way to mess with it. Um, the first documented case of a spider hunting an opossum. This thing is <laughs> uh, an opossum. 
a, a giant animal. It's not giant, but it's huge. It's like the size of a cat or whatever. And a, a spider is hunting it and carrying it across. Well, it already killed it. And it's carrying it across the bottom of the Amazon. If you are afraid of spiders, you do not want to watch this video. Also, if you're not afraid of spiders, you will be afraid of spiders after watching this video. Uh, you can't get vitamin D inducing sun exposure through a, um, through a car window. And I say inducing because, well, it's actually inducing vitamin D creation. I could have rewritten that. But basically, you can't have sun hit you through a car window and have the sun activate your creation of, of vitamin D because car windows filter vitamin or filter uh, the B range or is it AB? Anyway, it filters the one that, that actually stimulates vitamin D uh, production. So you actually have to go outside. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. Doesn't sunscreen do the same thing? So really is the only way of getting actual vitamin D to not wear sunscreen and just have limited exposure? I don't know the answer to that. So don't go out there and do that. Um, but uh, I definitely want to ask someone who knows the answer to that. Scott Helm, a uh, pretty cool guy, a security researcher, friend of Troy Hunt. I think he might be in somewhere in Asia as well, like Australia or something. But uh, he built a Twitter follower account display using a Raspberry Pi in Python. Pretty cool project. How to play a role-playing game anywhere, anytime. Pretty cool link. And list of companies that don't do whiteboard job interviews. Coping with surprise in great power conflicts. Paper. This thing is insane. This is, um, this might be the source material for what I opened with, with that scenario. Um, I think so. You should check it out. And Wireshark 3.0 released. Notes for this week. The new member area is live. So I've been working on this forever. People have been asking when I can, when can I get all um, member content in one place. You know, they're basically saying, look, I'm not going to sign up until this is ready. Well, it's ready now. You can now log into danielmesor.com slash members to get continuous and updated access to all member content. I've already put up the archive of private newsletters and podcasts and all new ones will go there as well. In addition to uh, premium and like really interesting content, I'm looking at doing some interviews here soon. It's going to be a really cool format with really cool people. Um, it's going to be a few, you know, a few a year probably, but uh, they should be really, really good. Uh, so yeah, <clears throat> sorry it took so long, but glad it's finally available. It's um, just slash members on the website and get all the old ones and the new ones. Uh, and I've, I just figured out, I was looking at my first episode. I've been podcasting for four years, January of 2015. And, uh, I just made a, a number of tweaks to it. You probably already heard it. It's kind of silly. Oh, this is the newsletter that I'm reading. That's why. Um, but yeah, you heard the intro is a bit different. The music's a bit different and the outro is different. You haven't heard that yet, but, um, subtle tweaks still has the same feel, I think. Um, but uh, I am conscious that changing this type of stuff too often is not good. But I think the overall effect is minor and maintains the same feel. And I think the new text 
on both the intro and the outro captures the spirit of the show, uh, especially the intro. And the outro is more just like the membership stuff. And uh, hope you like the changes. Let me know and uh, reach out and let me know. And I just finished reading Sense of Style. Rereading Sense of Style. Now starting in on Spy the Lie, which is a book by previous CIA officers that teaches you how to detect deception. And it is also the recommendation for the week, Spy the Lie. Former, former CIA officers teach you how to detect deception. So I'm about to start that this morning, actually, on the way into B-Sides. So look forward to that. And the aphorism for the week, education is a better safeguard of liberty than a standing army. Education is a better safeguard of liberty than a standing army. Edward Everett. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget that the show is both a podcast and a newsletter. So you can get more information about everything you just heard by subscribing to the newsletter or reading the blog posts for each episode. Also keep in mind that I do the show weekly, but if you're not a member, you're currently only getting every other odd numbered episode. And if you want to get every episode of the podcast and newsletter, you can become a member at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe for less than a latte per month. Being a member will also get you access to the subscriber area of the site, which is the home for all previous member episodes, as well as other types of premium and experimental content. I'll see you next time.